The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Practical spirituality. Positive messages. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and I am the Executive Minister, Senior Assistant Minister, and Director of the Johnny Coleman Institute at Christ Universal Temple, uh, probably along with a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh Christ Universal Temple is led by our senior ministers, the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells, and it was founded by the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman. I started a series last Sunday, last Sunday, like this is a church service, last Wednesday, titled uh, The Secret of Unlimited Prosperity, which is based upon the book of the same title by Catherine Ponder. It's a small book, you know, it's you know, it doesn't cost that much. It's a quick read, but it has some really good material in it that I think can help you develop a consciousness of prosperity, develop an awareness of God as prosperity, to expand your mind when it comes to how to work with spiritual principles to produce abundance in your life. Therefore, I told you where you could get the book, which is obviously most people order things on Amazon now, at least in the United States. I know that the publisher is Divorce and Company. I, um, I don't know Catherine Ponder. I've only met her once in my life. She was good friends. She's still she's still on this side of the of the plane. In other words, she's still in an earthly body. She uh, was a good friend of our founder, the Reverend Doctor Johnny Coleman. They were actual actually ministerial classmates. And, uh, yeah, they, they got along really swell. I'll just put, put that out there. Two great giants of new thought. Anyway, I want you to get the book so you can study on your own. And this is a good book to give other people. If you're like, okay, what, what's a book I could give that's an easy read that somebody might want to understand uh, spirituality and prosperity. This is a good little quick book for people to read because it, it's not a hard read. It's not a whole bunch of complicated theological terms in it. It gets right to the point of teaching people how to live a better life through the application of spiritual principles. So you can go to Amazon.com or the publisher, Divorce and Company, get the book, do what you got to do. All right. So let's get right to it. So I'm in chapter two now. And the chapter two is titled, the prosperity law of receiving, the prosperity law of receiving. And she sets the baseline with the first sentence. The first step in receiving is giving. The first step in receiving is giving. Now, I just 
actually posted something on the Truth Transforms Facebook page just a few minutes ago. And what I posted was this. I just want to read it to you. If your money is looking funny, look for ways to give, support, and help others. There's always something you can give. Become a conduit for the blessings you desire. So that's important because many times when we don't have something that we desire, we think that we don't have anything to give, but you can always give. You can go somewhere, you can volunteer. You can support someone who needs help. You can be the kind word. You can be the listening ear. You can financially give to something. You're like, well, I don't have a lot already. Okay, but you can buy somebody else a meal. You can treat somebody to lunch. Okay, well, you don't have that. All right, well, maybe you can prepare a sandwich for somebody who might really need it. The idea is the consciousness of giving. You know, sometimes we have clothes that we don't wear, uh, no longer can fit. And instead of just moving on from them, giving them to a goodwill or a Salvation Army or someone you know that might actually need them, instead we hold on to them and it or or we throw them away instead of asking ourselves, how can I be a blessing for others? If somebody blessed you with a good word, with some inspiration, it's okay to give them a, a, a bill and a, and, a, and a card and say, thank you for being a blessing in my life. Or even if it's just the greeting card without the money, just saying, you know what, I was thinking about you. Or just the money without the card. Hey, I was just thinking about how much of a blessing you are in my life. I'm sharing this because I want you to just be in the mindset that if you're just taking energetically, you're actually working the law backwards. It's give and receive. It's give and receive. And when you are grateful, when you are thankful for the blessings you do have, even when other things are not necessarily working out the way you want, you also make yourself a conduit for the blessings. So just blessing someone in a way that you can, even if it's even if it's just as Jesus said, the widow's might can make a difference. As the prophet Elisha said to the woman when her children were about to be sold, her sons were about to be sold into slavery to cover her uh, dead husband's debt. And he said, what do you have in your house? Because the woman didn't think she didn't have anything else. All I have is a jar of oil and a few pots. He told her to keep on pouring. Go gather a bunch of pots and keep on pouring. And as long as you have pots, the oil will pour. Now, whether that happened literally or metaphorically is irrelevant. The issue is, keep on. what do you have in your house? And keep on pouring. Find ways in which you can give. Find ways in which you can pull on the skill and the talents and the abilities that you already have. That could be a blessing for somebody else. So the first step in receiving is giving. Giving, giving. When your life looks tight, find ways to give. When your life looks tight, find ways to give. When you don't know what you need to do, find ways to give. You open yourself up as a conduit for the blessings through your willingness to give. Now, we're going to talk about the receiving part. 
But the first step in receiving is giving. She went on to write, it is through the law of giving and receiving that we demonstrate prosperity. If you are not receiving the good you feel you should have in your have in your life, ask yourself, what should I give? What should I give? All right. And we're not talking about from a, from a manipulative state of mind where, you know, you're trying to bribe God, for instance, bribe someone else or anything of that nature. I'm talking about an authentic spirit of givingness to where you're showing up as an open and receptive channel to bless somebody else. You're thinking about somebody and you got to pass their home and, you, you know, you're passing the restaurant and you know they like it. Call them say, hey, I'm about to pass your place and I was about to pass this chicken place or this pizza place or, you know, fruit salad. Who knows? Uh, would you like something? I could just drop it off on my way uh, past your house. Now, that might seem like a small notion. It might only be $10 or less for you. But for somebody else, especially somebody who really needs it, it makes all the difference in the world. Uh, I've gone to see Tony Robbins speak many times. And one of the things that Tony Robbins often talks about is the thing the, or the event that changed his life forever was on a Thanksgiving day when his family was so poor they could not afford a Thanksgiving dinner. And someone from some local organization, I don't remember if it was a church or a charity or just the neighbors, brought turkey and sides for his mother to cook on Thanksgiving. And it showed him that there are people in the world that really care. And to this day, he gives out millions of dollars worth of food every year because of the impact of that one experience. Again, the first step in receiving is giving. Giving. All right. So then she quotes Charles Fillmore who wrote, it is necessary to give freely if we are to receive freely. The law of receiving includes giving. Giving. What can you do today, tomorrow, the day after tomorrow, next week, the rest of the month, that is that will require you to go the extra mile to bless somebody else? Outside of your norm. How do you go the extra mile just to help someone? How often do you do it? There's nothing like getting out of your own drama and sometimes trauma than when you're helping somebody else. Just allowing yourself to be a conduit through which love shows up. You know, um, I often tell people when people ask me, how did I get into the into the network of of being associated with, you know, 
the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman and her main people, like the Reverend Dr. Helen Carey or our, you know, former comptroller Walter Robinson or the Reverend Dr. Evelyn Boyd and so on and so on. And I often tell people is because I showed up here with overalls on. Reverend Wells showed up here with overalls on. And that's a metaphor. It's not literal. What I mean by that is overalls, to me, are symbolic of showing up ready to work. Uh, I didn't show up here with a suit and tie. It was, okay, you need me to volunteer? You need me to carry these boxes? You need me to show up at the conference and pass this out? You need me to, uh, you know, review books in the bookstore for you? I wasn't getting paid to do any of that stuff. I was just showing up as service to my spiritual leader and her team. And through that dedication of showing up, opportunities opened themselves up. And then I realized that this was my calling. Instead of just being a young man working in the grocery field, which is where I came from, and worked my way up through to become a member of the management, I realized that this is what I was supposed to be doing. However, to do that required me to give. And then I received the blessing of not only their knowledge, as far as theology is concerned, but their knowledge based upon their experience of running a mega church for decades. Knowledge that you can't get anywhere else. So when people see me and they see some other people who were around all the time, all the time, even when we had our own, you know, families and, and jobs and responsibilities, uh, they now know that we're the caretakers and not just me. I don't want to make it seem like I'm the only person far from it, but we're the caretakers of a, a knowledge that you can't get in the book. Again, the first step in receiving is giving because those people realize that people like me were worthy of their knowledge, time, experience, and dedication. So if, if they were going to pour into somebody their life, their life work, then that person better be ready, open, and receptive, and worthy of that information. I'm not talking about worthy from a human uh, nature standpoint. I'm talking about worthy from the standpoint of an attitude standpoint. Again, prosperity. The first step in receiving is giving. So Ponder went on to say, prosperity is omnipresent, and you can't impoverish yourself by giving. Instead, you are enriched by giving, which opens the way for you to receive. Can you just accept the possibility that wherever you are, prosperity is? Because wherever you are, God is. There is no spot where God is not means there is no spot where prosperity is not. Even when it doesn't seem like there's any abundance, the opportunity for prosperity is available in the form of ideas and the execution of those ideas. But the first step to it is learning how to give. You know, often hear people say, uh, and a former Bahamian minister, uh, uh, Reverend Miles Monroe, used to say all the time that uh, that if you want to become successful, look for a problem and fix it. That's giving. 
That's giving. How are you showing up as a conduit to give, not just take? And energetically, if you if you think about it, how often do you like being around takers? People who don't give, people who don't contribute, people who don't add anything to what you're doing or the experience or the conversation or whatever. All they want to do is take from it. How does that feel energetically to you? Because if you're anything like me, you know that it doesn't feel good to be around people who only want to take and never give, only want to drain and never support, only want to be supported but never want to support others. The first step in receiving is giving. I really want this to land because if you get this point, you can change your life. The first step is giving. The first step is giving. And don't get so caught up on if the person or the people you helped are the people who give back to you. Trust God, the universe, or whatever term you use to bless you in the way and when it is appropriate for you. So just because you give to X does not mean X will be the person who gives back to you. You can give to X and it's C who gives back to you. Trust God's universal law that says God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, so shall he reap. Trust it. Trust it. So when you are working with the prosperity law of receiving, ask yourself, how do you show up as giving in your world? And I'm not talking about forced giving, like trying to tell people what to do and they're not trying to, you know, they're not necessarily um, open and receptive to what you're saying. For instance, you can say to a person, hey, um, I see that that's something that you're working with right now. If that's something that you need, I'm here for you. I, I know some people or I have this information. And then you can decide whether that makes sense for you or not without forcing it. Sometimes it might mean that you just go in and work at a soup kitchen and serve some food for some people. I don't know. It might mean showing up at your church and volunteering to become an usher or a person who passes out material or helps fold bulletins or, you know, I, uh, I know a person who she loves to do landscaping and she's retired. So she goes out and she, at her church, not mine, at her church, she helps the church maintain its landscaping. She loves to do it. She would do it for free. So she gives that talent, skill, and love to her church. And she prospers. Find ways to give. I have so much more stuff I'm supposed to be teaching right now, and I'm kind of stuck on this point, but this is where my heart is. So that's why I haven't gotten past page one yet. 
it's necessary to show up as that love. Now, don't get me wrong. I believe that believe that a laborer is worthy of his or her pay. I believe that completely. I believe that you should be paid for the skill that you get that you have that you developed that you worked hard for. Absolutely, no questions asked. And I believe you have to find ways in which you can give. Find ways in which you can give. You know, at, at pre-pandemic, we would have situations at the church where we would have um, these attorneys in Cook County, these black attorneys who wanted to give back. So we would have these seminars where people could come in and they could get you know, some quick legal advice about certain things. These attorneys were giving back to the community that gave birth to them. It makes a difference. Find out ways in which you can give. Find out ways in which you can give. Don't just take. Find out ways in which you can give. All right, moving on. I think I drilled home that point. So she tells a story about a widow who, you know, who who didn't have enough money and called a unity counselor and the counselor told her that she needed to give. She told the widow that she must first give in some way, that the act of giving would move on universal substance and would start substance flowing back to her in an appropriate form. Ponder went on to write. The widow's first reaction was much the same as yours and mine may have been the first time we were told to give in order to receive. She lamented, but that's just the problem. I have nothing to give, to which the counselor replied, of course you have something to give. We always have something to give. The counselor then urged this frantic widow to look about her and ask for divine guidance concerning what she should give. So notice, she told her there's always something to give. Now you go pray and ask God to reveal to you what you need to give. All right? That, that was, so that's, those are two points. First point, have a realization there's always something to give. Then she told her, pray for something, pray to God to find out what you need to give. Then she gave a third suggestion. She should start to get ready to receive by preparing her table for the meal she wanted for her children and by preparing her grocery list for shopping in assurance that the necessary money would appear very soon. So this is key. Oh, my God. It's so simple, but it's so profound. Realize there's always something to give. Pray to God for what you need to give. And then prepare for what it is you desire. So she didn't just keep it in her mind. She took outward action and expectation that the money would show up. And so what she was guided to do was uh, she had some flowers that were growing in her yard. She cut the flowers. She brought them to a neighbor who was really blessed by them. And at that point, someone gave her enough money to be able to grow, go grocery shopping who owed her a debt from a long time ago, just showed up with the money so she could go grocery shopping and feed her children. As Johnny Coleman would say, 
it works if you work it. It works if you work it. The key word in that statement is if. If. It works if you work it. This woman discovered that it wasn't, it wasn't just enough to have a realization that there's always something to give. It wasn't just enough to just to pray about it. You have to also expect to receive and take the actions necessary to, to create an expectation in the subconscious mind. Preparing her dinner table and creating a grocery list was a step of faith. It was a step of faith. She didn't know where the money was coming from. And at the time, she didn't even know what she was supposed to give. But she followed through on the spiritual guidance that she received from the unity counselor to help her get the blessing she desired. I'm hoping that this is landing with you. You know, um, as you're getting these messages, again, you know, my Facebook page, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell, if you're on Facebook, shoot me a send me a direct message and let me know what you're getting from this lesson. I really want to make sure that you get it. Again, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. I'm also, you can also send me a message on Instagram or Twitter under Galen McDowell. Uh, so I just want to make sure that you get it. This is how you make it work. So let me do this quick commercial. Um, this Sunday, Christ Universal Temple reopens. We have been doing outdoor services once a month and obviously live streaming every week. Now we'll be live streaming every week and the church will be open on August 1st, 2021 with obviously mask and social distancing, social distance seating. Uh, so we want you to show up. If you are comfortable with coming in the building, we want you to be in the house on August 1st and going forward. If you're not comfortable, please continue to tune in on our YouTube page, CU Temple, the letters CU and the word Temple together, our Facebook page, Christ Universal Temple, or our, you can go to our website, cutemple.org. We want you to be in the house. Be reminded about our Facebook Live lessons Monday through Friday at noon based upon the daily inspiration for better living. If you can't watch them at noon, go back later and watch them. They're good lessons. I do them. Uh, our COO, Gavin Jackson, and uh, one of our JCI teachers, Blanche Wilson. So you definitely want to see those. Uh, we'll be right back with True Transform. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. 
Welcome back to Truth Transformed. I'm teaching the book, The Secret of Unlimited Prosperity by Catherine Ponder. I'm teaching chapter two, which is the law, the prosperity law of receiving. So let me move on to some of the other points in this chapter, if I'm going to actually teach the chapter. But again, you know, my motto is really simple when it comes to teaching. Um, I teach the book. I mean, I, 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 you read the book, I teach the material or I teach the class or I teach the podcast in this case. So I'm not going to read the chapter line by line, even in a small book, but I do want you to get some highlighted points. So the next point is again, expect to receive. We're going to expand on that thought process. All right. She wrote, we have all heard about the law of compensation. We cannot get something for nothing. We must give in order to receive. But often we have tried to bypass the basic law of prosperity and attempting to make shortcuts. We have only bypassed our good. The formula is simple. If you're not receiving the good you want in your life, ask yourself, what can I give to make way to receive my good? Then freely and quickly give it. There are those pious souls who will say, oh, but when I give, I'm not supposed to expect to receive. And so, of course, they do not receive. Their very attitude blocks their good. Quite the opposite is true. When you give, you can and should expect to receive. Let me stop and read that again. When you give, you can and you should expect to receive. It is the law of the universe. Then she quotes Jesus. She wrote, Jesus pointed out the great law of receiving when he promised, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back, which is Luke 6.38. So again, as you start to prime the pump, quote unquote, you start your prosperity by finding a way in which you can show up as giving. And when you are guided to what you should be giving, give it immediately. Why? Scripture states that obedience is better than sacrifice. Be obedient to the intuitive knowing of spirit in your soul. Give. Be a stance for that giving. And then expect to receive. Again, I'm not talking about bribery. I'm talking about recognizing that there's always something to give. Johnny Coleman would often say that when things got financially tight for her, she found ways in which to give. She would literally give people money, find ways in which she could give. When her, during her transition service, and what was that? What, what, how many, five, six, six years ago now, I believe, uh, I remember person after person coming up to speak, talking about people don't know this, but Johnny Coleman paid, you know, would help us pay the payroll for our company. She would write a check, you know, and help pay to get this done or that done in my church or my organization to keep things running so I could keep my staff. I know of places where, you know, Johnny would be at an event and 
uh, some organization, you know, needed financial support that she believed in or one of her friends. And because she was a person who developed a certain level of prosperity, consciousness and success, it would be nothing for her. And I'm not exaggerating saying that you have to do this, but if the church needed an audio system or they needed new pews and she felt as though God was guiding her to do it, she'd write a $10,000 check on the spot and do it. Pull her purse out and write a check and give it to them on the spot. And I'm not talking about something that I heard. She was known for this. Even people as world-renowned as the Reverend Jesse Jackson stated that Rainbow pushed many times, paid their payroll because Johnny Coleman wrote a check. She believed in it so strongly that she made sure that as an organization, whether it was UFBL or Christ Universal Temple, that she put into the budget a certain amount of money that we had to give. We had to tithe out because she didn't believe that a church should only take money to take care of its ministry expenses, that it should be giving to other organizations, other churches, supporting them to do what they need to do. This was something that was quite normal. Um, when, when I was coming up and I would hear these stories from these ministers or these um, non-for-profit uh, social organizations, and it wasn't public. It wasn't like Johnny Coleman was going on TV, going on the radio, putting it on the bulletin, or announcing it from the platform, what she was doing for other people. As Jesus said, she wasn't letting her right hand know what her left hand was doing. She was practicing the law of God, which again, the first step in receiving is giving. The first step in receiving is giving. All right, now back to the book. She went on to write The Great Law of Give and Take. She wrote, someone has called it The Great Law of Give and Take. Given, then you can take or claim your own abundance from the rich universe because through your act of giving, you have opened the channel through which universal supply can pour forth to you in appropriate form. Then she gives some examples about a man who had a property that wasn't renting, that he needed to needed to be rented. And when he realized he needed to give, he had some uh, some friends that were going out of town and the and he recommended, hey, I got a property if you want to stay there while you're on your vacation for a month, they were going out of town. He let these people stay in his in his property for free. After that, it stayed rented for the entire season he needed it to be rented. He opened up the channel and then it worked. All right. Then she quotes uh, a man named Gardner Hunting who wrote New Thought books in the early 20th century for Unity where he wrote, this is on page 21, he wrote, right Right where you are now, begin to give something good to the person nearest you and keep on doing it no matter what you seem to get back at first. Do. Don't talk. 
and you will lift yourself out of your troubles, no matter what they seem to be or how deeply you seem to be sunk in them. Try it. You will be surprised. Try it patiently and as hard as you would try to get a drink of water if you are very thirsty. You will get a return, a reward that you don't even dream of yet. Any man, woman, or child can transform his life by transforming the thing he gives out. Oh, that's good. Any man, woman, or child child can transform his life by transforming the thing he, she, or they give out. Show up as giving. Show up as giving. And he's saying, don't talk about it, just do it. Because if you start having too many mental conversations about it, trust me when I tell you, you will talk yourself out of it. Or you'll say, oh, I'll do it later. Or I'll just wait. But when the inspiration shows up, do it. Why? Prosperity has a short shelf life. In other words, not prosperity, possibility. Possibility has a short shelf life. And what that means is when the inspiration shows up, you got to move on it. Because that's the window for that particular blessing. And when you don't move, you stifle the means through which God, as universal law, as the abundant universal substance, is trying to bless you. Obedience is better than sacrifice. All right, let me get back to the book. Page 22. Open the channels to your good. She wrote, Gardner Hunting has also written, many things you want most are now within your reach. By the act of giving, you open the way for things within your reach to appear quickly. These things that uh, have been wanting to come to you all the time, but were blocked by your lack of giving because there was no free channel through which they could appear. In other words, you open yourself to what is possible for you and might have been slowly or blocked from coming to you because you weren't giving. You weren't practicing the first step in the law of receiving, which is to give. Back to page 23. I mean, to page 23. All right. Oh, let me hit this one other point, though. Page 22. Your giving opens and frees the channel. Always when there seems to be a delay, confusion, or block between you and your good, that block lies within you and not in some outside circumstance or personality. When you give under divine guidance, you dissolve the block and open a channel for your good. Then nothing can stop its manifestation in your life. Your very next blessing or blessings, whether it's health, peace, joy, prosperity, love, might be waiting for you to become an open channel through your giving. Through your giving. 
that really wanted to land through your giving. All right, back to the book. Page 23. It is true that you cannot get something for nothing. You must give to make way to receive. The law also works the other way. You cannot give anything without getting something for it. Give the best you have and then look for the best in return. This is the law of receiving. Now, some people are very good givers, but they're not good receivers. So what ends up happening is they also block up the flow of blessings because they are not open to how God shows up as the blessing when it's time to receive. So if you're not willing to show up, you're blocking the blessing. So you're a good giver, but you're not willing to receive. I often tell people that, you know, you know, people pray for abundance or, you know, affirming their God's millionaire. And then they go to lunch with a friend or a family member and somebody says, oh, no, let me pick up the tab today. Oh, no, I can never let you do it. And you're asking God for millions and you can't accept lunch. Or somebody walks up to you and says, you know, that's a really nice suit. Or that's a really nice dress. Oh, this whole thing, oh, this is nothing. Oh, I just had this in the closet. Instead of just saying thank you, you want God's abundance, but you can't accept a compliment. That's backwards. It's just backwards. Be open to what it is you say you desire. Be open. Be open. Be open. Just think about it. Do you block your own blessings by your inability to receive? Do you? Do you block your own blessings? When people try to support you, help you, give to you, do you allow it? I'm not talking about, again, people are trying to bribe you or manipulate you with money or gifts. Because there are people who will do that. There are people who will give you, buy your gift, but won't give you their heart. I'm not talking about people trying to manipulate you or, or substitute what they should be giving you for something else. I'm talking about legitimately. Are you a person that is difficult to help? Because if you are, you're violating that aspect of the law. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't be self-sufficient. I'm a big believer in self-sufficiency. But I also know that I personally can be a little bit too self-sufficient. I know it for myself. That's why I'm aware of it and I have to keep it in front of me because I'm, I was dedicated as a young man to be able to stand on my own two feet. I was dedicated to it. However, even when you're a quote-unquote self-made man or a self-made woman, to be able to get to the point of being a man or woman, somebody, a lot of people had to help you, even in the worst-case scenarios. Somebody had to feed you. Somebody had to clothe you. Somebody had to shelter you. But I understand there's a difference between uh, being self-sufficient 
and not being open to people supporting you and loving you. There's a difference between being self-sufficient and not realizing that the spirit of God can support you through ideas, inspiration, opportunities, and possibilities. That the infusion of love and grace can work in your life to bless you in ways that you know not of. But you got to receive. Be willing to receive it. Are you a good receiver? Are you a good receiver? Because when you're not a good receiver, people think that you're good. They don't think you need anything. And then you look up and say, well, how's everybody else getting support? Other people are getting things and gifts, and you can pretend like you don't like to receive. And instead of communicating what you need, people think you're good and they move on. All right. Back to the book. I want to jump to something else. She talks about stolen good, stolen good restored, which you can take a look at on page 25, which I think is pretty good. But I want to deal with protection through giving. She wrote, the Bible points out clearly that when you give, you are always protected from the negative experiences of life. That is, when you are not giving, that you submit yourself to the negative forces of hard time, bad crops, poor business, death, accident, ill health, and harmony on all levels of life. Jehovah promised Abraham after he tithed, fear not, Abram, I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great, which is Genesis chapter 15, verse 1. In other words, when you, when you open yourself up through your trust and faith in giving, in this, in this case, the tide. What you're doing is you're developing a higher awareness and trust, faith, and conviction in spirit, which covers you from potential calamities that would touch other people. You know, you know, again, to quote Johnny Coleman, she would talk about, you know, people who don't who who show up in places and only take and don't give, whether that's a church service or any other thing, how the money ends up going to other things anyway. Stuff breaks down. Uh, things need to be replaced. Uh, situations happen to where that money goes anyway. So instead of using it as a seed for your blessing, it ends up being wasted away. And so in other words, it's wasted instead of invested in your own good. When you give as spirit directs, it's an investment in your own good. All right. Then she went on to write, Jehovah promised the Hebrews through Moses that if they kept his commandments, which included the law of tithing, they would be blessed with rain in due season. That land would yield an increase and in increase bountifully and I think that should be and not un and they would eat their bread to the full and dwell in their land safely for these blessings Jehovah expected a tithe of their land whether seed or fruit of the tree a tithe of the flock and every other possession the tithe was considered holy unto Jehovah it did not belong to the Hebrews 
They willingly and unquestionably gave a tenth of all their possessions and their income, and they were richly blessed when they did it. Now, here's the thing. Let me be clear. God doesn't need anybody's money because God is not a person. The issue is practicing the law of giving and receiving through the systematic giving, like in the form of tithing. And I talked about this more last week, so I'm not going to drill down on it now, is uh, the building up of your own consciousness through practicing the law and, and giving where you're being spiritually supported. So we, we want the blessing. So as we learn about our spirituality, as we learn about uh, spiritual principles, as we learn about our relationship from God, the place where we learn that stuff and the place that supports us in that understanding should be the place or the person or the people who get your support. Don't just take, give. Don't just take, give. It makes no sense. It makes no sense to go to XYZ church and they're the people that are teaching you and then you give your tithe to ABC church. That's ridiculous. It's backwards. And it's a violation, and I say violation from the standpoint of mistake of universal law. It won't get you the results you desire. How are you giving to one place and uh, where you are getting but don't want to give back to that? It makes no sense. So, so then, to quote the prophet Malachi, Malachi chapter 3, verses 10 through 12. Bring the full tithes into the storehouse. It's not all of it. She, she didn't quote all of it. And therefore, put me thereby put me to the test. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you an overflowing blessing, I will rebuke the devourer for you, so they will not destroy the fruit of your soil. And your vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for you will be a land of delight. So the question is. If you give, put me to the test. You know, it's funny how we expect to be healthy, peaceful, uh, to have health, peace, joy, and prosperity, well-being, love, and all these things. And I realize that there's the grace of God that does that. But we're not even open and receptive to how the grace of God is showing up in our lives and the guidance that it gives us to maintain this consciousness. You're not going to outperform your own consciousness. These methods that are talked about in this book or taught in the Bible or through spiritual teachers through the, through the centuries are trying to help us understand how to maintain the awareness to walk in our blessings. So we can be in the space to where 10,000, a thousand can fall at our side and 10,000 at our right hand, but it shall not come near us. You have to develop an awareness of this. This is not something that just because it's in, a, in, in the Bible or whatever scripture you read or books you like means that it's so. It's so when you work it. It works if you work it. If you work it. If you work it. It works if you work it. So when you're studying these materials, what you're learning is the best practices to produce results. 
This is why Johnny would say a tither never goes broke. Now, there are people who say, well, I give and I haven't been receiving. Well, you might be giving yet again. Are you open and receptive to how God is trying to show up? Do you expect the Brinks truck just to drive up to your front door and just drop off bags of gold coins? Or are you open and receptive to the ideas, the inspiration and the intuitive guidance the spirit is giving you to open you up? When possibility, when people, when experiences show up that have the seed of prosperity in it, are you open to it? Don't expect the Brinks truck to pull up to your front door and pour gold coins on your front porch. The gold coin could be the open door, the person you meet at the grocery store, the person sitting next to you at church. It could be the idea that you've been sitting on for the last 5, 6, 10, 20 years. When you give, open your mind to what is possible and watch God show out. He's trying to give you the steps. So next week, I'll be on the vacation, so I will not be teaching next week. But when I get back, I'm going to cover chapter three uh, the week after. And chapter three is the prosperity law of mental attraction. Again, the prosperity law of mental attraction. So I want to make sure that you get what you need. If you need to re-listen to this lesson, do it. If you this is a lesson you can share with somebody else, my request is this and lessons going forward, share them on your social media. Text them to people you think will be blessed by it. Email it to folks that can be blessed by this. Help, sp- help me spread this message because this is a message that can transform lives because truth transforms. God bless you. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Take care. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. for help on your path to healing? I'm Lisa Campion. I'm a psychic, Reiki master, teacher, and energy healer. On my podcast, The Miracle of Healing, I'm going to help you on your healing path. Listen to conversations with leading teachers in energy medicine, quantum healing, and people who have recovered from loss and illness. Whether it's to take care of your own healing or to help other people, this is the podcast for you right here on mindbodyspirit.fm.